Welcome back, hour two of Utah Car Sense, presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Now, Brian Brown producing for us today. First day flying the Death Star. Uh, new programming, new new equipment that we got a few weeks ago. Brian, how you feeling? Do you feel like you could take over the world with one push of a button? It does resemble the, I'm not going to lie, the Death Star is the most accurate comparison because it looks like one of the panels from a Death Star, <laughs> yes, but it is impressive. I do feel like I'm commanding a NASA spaceship in here right now. Jeff, we were <laughs> we were close to getting you back in studio until all this uh, coronavirus went back the and other I still way. haven't seen the cool new equipment. We got to get you in here at least to take a peek and see this stuff because it. Yeah, you, seen, you feel I've like seen your pictures of it online and stuff. It looks pretty cool. It, that my, somehow my picture is on the board. Like my actual photo is on the board. Did it, you get a good photo of yourself on it? I like that. It's a it's a handsome picture. It's like the one I've <laughs> ever liked of, of myself. I'm actually jealous. I wish that it could, I could get my picture up there well, when I produce. I think eventually it's supposed to have whoever's... Everybody, right? Isn't yes. the idea that like, you come in and like you get it to your settings exactly how you like it? Exactly. Yep. You push your face... And it puts everything how you want it to. And you know what else is really cool about this new system is eventually when we get all the bugs worked out, I could produce any show from anywhere in the world that has Wi-Fi. I don't have to be in the studio to produce a show. So that's that's cool. That, that might cool. be coming down the pipe. Uh, it is Utah Carson's presented by Mark Miller Subaru. He's Jeff Miller. And we want to start this hour, Jeff, and go over the quarterly numbers that we, uh, we 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 used to do this monthly. Now we're doing it quarterly. Yeah, because half the brands, all the American brands, like, they don't report anymore. They report quarterly. So and it's just funny because Subaru actually tried to announce on it was funny like like the first of July they announced they're only going to come out quarterly, and then like two days later, like oh, never mind, we'll, we'll start their monthly. <laughs> Things were good what enough. What are you guys we'll doing there? Yeah. It's like someone accidentally released a press release without so talking what? to the boss. Sorry, say again. My headphone unplugged. It's like someone accidentally released a press release without talking to a boss or something. <laughs> He's like, wait, what is this? I didn't say this. Yeah, I didn't sign off on that. Okay, let's <laughs> check that one back. <laughs> so what is the, uh, how did we do quarterly as an industry? So quarterly would be April, May, June, which was a little rough times. <laughs> yes. Uh, so the car market as a whole was down 33% for the quarter. Is that... Lower, higher, or about what you had anticipated? I think it's a little higher than what I anticipated. Really? Okay. I mean, I bet, I mean, your odds are probably for March, April. So, April, really, March, April, you're probably down 50%. And then they came back pretty well in May and June, hmm. would be my guess if you looked at, if you could look at the monthlies. But this, like, the, the sad thing is, it would be a really interesting time to be able to see the monthlies. It would be very helpful to be able to look. Be okay. Very helpful. Here but was April. So BMW down 39% as a whole. Fiat Chrysler as a whole down 38%. Ugh. But some really big drops. Dodge was down 63. Oh no. The saving grace for them was Ram was in, Ram was only down 34. Yeah, they but had some Yeah, Chrysler and Dodge were down 57 and 62 respectively. They had some really uh enticing uh incentives on those Rams. During yeah, those, uh, that's their, there are a lot of incentives on the trucks. And the trucks are really, there were some good articles out there talking about how the truck market saved a lot of these companies. Mm. Ford was down 33%, so right on the market. Uh, General Motors down 34%, so kind of right on the market. Honda was only, it was down only, it was only down 27%. <laughs> only, yeah. 
but they're they're running the same issue that everyone else is running to. Inventory is really low. Now I drove through the Honda store in the autumn. It's it's getting pretty tight. Um, Honda Kia was down twenty four percent. Jaguar down thirty. Mazda was Mazda was only down nine. Really? Why is that? I don't know. It's interesting. But Mazda down nine and only down seven for the year. Wow. That's a good sign for them coming out of this thing. What? Why? I wonder why that would be. I have to. Yeah, but do you know who else is a big winner, which is starting to take over? You saw, heard that BMW number earlier, down 39%. Mm-hmm. Same market. Mercedes was only down 17. Uh, so when we're talking luxury line, like Mercedes, is that because the people who typically buy those, they have money anyway? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the argument you look at it with. It. But if you look at it, so first, through the first, Two first through six months, actually sold to quarter two. So quarter two last year, BMW and all their brands sold ninety three thousand cars. Mercedes only sold eighty five thousand. Hmm. This year, Mercedes sold seventy thousand, and BMW only fifty six. So they flip flopped as number one and number two in the luxury world. Wow. Yeah, uh, Mitsubishi got hammered, and they were they were starting to make a little comeback, and were they? That hurt. I, I... They were down fifty eight percent. I didn't even. I haven't thought of Mitsubishi in ages. Hasn't so they? Have they sold twelve thousand cars in the quarter, so they only uh, sold four thousand cars a month. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's Gross. a bad. That's a bad number. Uh, Nissan was down fifty percent. Oh no! In the second quarter, the Nissan Group. So Nissan Group sold only one hundred seventy-seven thousand cars. Man. I like, Nissan has done some some nice things. I like that they've gone to the all-wheel drive Altima. I think that mm-hmm. was a smart move by them, but it was, definitely was. But yeah, they they took a nasty hit. They're down forty percent for the year. Jeez. Uh, Super America, we were down twenty five percent in the second quarter, down twenty percent for the year. That's the lowest number you've given us so far, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, which isn't too bad. I mean, that's not it's not bad for what's out there, and it's from what we're hearing on inventory, we're gonna have pretty good allocation in the next two three months. So we should get back in this game over the next little bit. Tesla magically sold an even number of cars. <laughs> They've been uninfected, non effect What am I looking for? They were unaffected. <laughs> yeah, they were. They were down thirty-four percent in the quarter. They're down twenty percent for the year. Hmm. So they sold thirty-six thousand eight hundred exactly. I think it's at least every other brand out there is like a number, like a nine, an eight, a seven, eight hundred. Eight hundred. Yeah. Which right, right magically works out to, <laughs> right? Yes. That's how he does it. That's how they get, that's how they do things there. Yeah. Um, Toyota down 35%, which is about what they forecast for the quarter, down 22% for the year. What else is out there? Volkswagen. Volkswagen wasn't horrible, down only down 30. And Volvo was only down 15 did we get uh, you got Toyota just a minute ago? You gave us Honda. Uh, I was thinking, oh Ford. You gave us Ford earlier at, at the beginning. Yeah, Ford was down thirty three percent, kind of right on market. Right on the industry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the interesting, the interesting thing is we won't really see numbers again for three more months. So it'll be interesting to see what happens come October first when we see the third quarter numbers to see if it's stabilized or if you see a bounce back. Because sometimes what happens in the auto industry is when you see these drops. What happens is there's pent up demand, right? Yes. Or there's lease returns that didn't get, weren't able to be turned in. Yep. So you might see a bump excessively up a little bit in the third quarter. Uh, which is good news 
Uh, we, very nice. Last last hour we were talking about the the artificial bump uh, out there with the the stimulus money and and, do, and how that bubble might pop. Do you think that the next quarter numbers would be a little artificial because of that? Yeah, and you also don't know what's going to happen. I mean, things get worse and worse. You might start seeing shutdowns again. Ugh, let's not let's not go there, please. Oh, and we can't do that. That's why we're trying. That's why everyone needs to do the right thing. Distance. Don't try to avoid unnecessary trips to theme parks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Walt Disney World. The hell Rallies. are you doing? Jeez. Yeah, I mean, wear a mask wherever you're going, that kind of stuff. And does does Disney really it, need but... the money right now? Could they not have kept the the Disney World parks closed? I think they're fine. I think Disney could could hold out for a little while. Yeah, what, what it, Disney World opens what tomorrow next? Not time? today. It was today. I, I thought, but today opening day. Look, if Mark Miller Subaru can get through this thing and not lay off one person, Disney can go a little while. And be all right, don't you think, Jeff? You gotta say the, I mean, take the global pandemic and possibility that you might die out of it. Okay, it'd be pretty nice to go to Disney World with only thirty percent capacity. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jeff, bad Jeff. Don't think like that, Jeff. Naughty. That's what <laughs> they want the, you to take think. The risking your family's lives part out of it. But hey, <laughs> we'll 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 die having not had to wait in line at Splash Mountain. For very long. Oh, I guess that's closed right now. But anywho. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they're redoing Splash Mountain, right? Which is great. They should have redone it 30 years ago. When's the last time anyone even watched Song of the South and knew what zippity do do The story of the Br'er Rabbit. Yeah. That one needs to just go away anyway. So They're doing it to Princess and the Frog, right? Right. Which we tried to watch for about the seventh time last night as a family. And we just, I love the music. It is incredible music. But it's not a great movie, in my opinion. No. Uh, I like Tiana's attitude and demeanor and all that, but it's just kind of a boring tale. I appreciate that the villain in that is basically Cam Newton. <laughs> he looks to Cam Newton's attitude, yeah, for sure. That's who Cam Newton's patent pattern is a uh, fashion sense after i i didn't i didn't uh, realize it'd been 11 years since that movie came out anyway going down a, a, a weird path there so the quarterly numbers down 33 percent as an industry you listed all of the the place no one's up and no one really stayed level everyone fell everyone took a dip yeah i know i know it's gonna go up because i mean half the country was closed for a month and a half was this the worst quarter you've seen in your career there jeff you know, the scary thing is, I mean, you look at the overall quarter number on it, right? So in the quarter, they sold 3 million cars. So times three times four, right? That's 12 million. That's better than 2008 when we were selling 9, 10 million cars a year. So why is that scary? The being down like that? I don't think it's that scary. I think it's... Oh, I thought you said the scary thing is. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, because you're doing... It's just, it's not, I always call it the scary thing. I just say that it run into perspective, right? Right. During the during 2009-2010, we sold 9 million cars in this country, 10 million cars in this country. And that's so the, better than that. That's the worst you've ever seen was in the mortgage. Oh, price. yeah, without question. I mean, the, the funny thing is that's the worst I've seen for the market. Subaru thrived during that time. Did it really? Yeah, Subaru was setting records when the market was going down like that. They picked up market share like crazy. Hmm. What was the reason behind that? 
they had the right cars at the right time. Yeah. Okay. Right. You got a lot of people who at are the right buying price. Mercedes and yeah. BMW and Lexus and Audi and things like that. And decided they were going to be a little bit more stringent with their money. And they went to Subaru. Mm. Well, 10 years from now, so we're looking 12 years back on 08. So 10 years from now, when we look back on 2020, I hope we can say it was terrible. It was awful, but it wasn't as bad as 08. Yeah, hopefully I can say it was a blip and the economy recovered. And, and the, I don't think there's, I mean, I hate the politics stuff on it and people are like, oh, everyone wants the economy to fail. Nobody wants the economy to fail. Yeah, that's Nobody wants people to be out of jobs. Nobody wants this to happen. Well, there, you but know, at the same time, we got to be safe about reopening this thing. I think there are bad people that do want that. But the people, the majority, the the vast majority that are in charge of things aren't out there hoping that everything fails and people lose their jobs most and lose their lives. Most serious human. <laughs> right. Well said. Well said. Yeah. There's always a handful of uh, weirdos and, and, and nutsos in every group. But uh, speaking of weirdos and nutsos, football fans aren't very happy around here today. The BYU-Utah rivalry is not going to happen, Jeff. And Did they so, tell that today? Uh, so yesterday, the Pac-12 announced that they're going to, if they have a season, it will be conference-only play. There won't be any non-conference games, which therefore rules out the Utah-BYU rivalry game that was supposed to start college football off this year, September 3rd. No, no fans, right? Uh, right now, the plan is no fans. Uh, right now, the plan is hope there's a season. Honestly, the way things have gone. So but. if all of these major conferences are killing their non-conference schedules, will BYU even have a schedule? Well, right now, BYU has five games missing off their schedule. A potential sixth game could disappear if the SEC follows the non-conference suit and says that it's a conference-only schedule. So Because they, they've lost Utah, Arizona State, Michigan State, Minnesota, and... Uh, Cal? Weren't they opening the season? No, at- Stanford. Oh, that's right. Stanford. So uh, those the, the three Pac-12s and the two Big Tens, and they've got that SEC game against Missouri. So you might see uh, a BYU football. If, if football is played, BYU might be playing a couple opponents a couple of times to fill out the schedule. Yeah, that's possible. So Just Send Brighton or Tim Thieu up there to play them. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff. Uh, so, the, but my question for you, Utah fan Jeff, does the streak continue or is it also on hiatus? Like, do you, do you count this as 11? 11, like 11 straight win? Yes. Well, it's just a pause. They're not going to play. So, next time they play, if they win, the streak keeps going. So, you don't call it a, you're not calling it a forfeit. So, so, BYU fan out there that thinks. Uh, I saw this from somebody that said the one time BYU on paper should be better than Utah to end the streak and it gets paused by coronavirus. I know the source on that one. You have to be careful. It was. Uh... I know who it was. I know who it was. <laughs> and I don't know if I'd argue on paper that BYU is a better team. Uh, I, I wouldn't either. That's what me and Brian yeah, I don't think I mean, I think Utah's favored to be one or two in the South, aren't they? Uh, USC, Utah? Yeah. Arizona State. Should be pretty solid, but I mean Utah, depending on aquatic situation, is still coming back pretty pretty strong. Yeah. Brett Ciancia of Pick Six Previews, who's been for the last decade one of the most accurate pickers, has placed them at second in the South with Oregon and USC winning the 
respective divisions and going to the championship. Yeah, I don't think that sounds. That's right about where I put them. That's people see all the talent that left or graduated for Utah and immediately go, "Oh, they must be in rebuild." No, 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 no. They have built up Power Five depth at the University of Utah. A guy like Devin Lloyd is on that team this this coming season, and if you dare say he underperformed last year, I'll listen to it. But he was still incredible. And he only played because uh, the guy, the guy that quit, the Penn State transfer, Manny Bowen, Manny Bowen, who had a business opportunity of some sort, and quit football. I never heard what it was, but apparently it was legitimate. It was not an essential oils company like everybody thought. <laughs> well, I do hope it worked out well for him. But yeah, don't don't buy into a BYU fan slash host telling you that BYU was supposed to be better on paper than Utah. They were supposed to be improved. And I think when people like Hans Olsen talk about BYU's offensive line being really good, I think that's legitimate. But anyway, a little sports here, since we are a sports station. Let's uh, <laughs> let's talk uh, some more about uh, the, the car world. Uh, the best car movies available to stream right now, Jeff. A lot of people are at home or finding themselves with a lot more downtime. Car and Driver blog uh, has put together this list. They start off with... Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. 2011's Drive, starring Ryan Gosling. Uh, he plays a Hollywood stuntman who supplements his income by being a getaway driver in his downtime in between shooting movies. Have you seen that movie? I have seen Drive. Do you like it? It's all right. It wasn't. Oh, I, I really liked it. I thought it was you a really great liked movie. it? Yeah, I really, I really liked it. I think it's good. There's some great, great car scenes in it. I, sure. And it's an original idea which we don't get a lot of those out of Hollywood very much anymore. Uh, one I've never seen. It's a new release, a documentary, The Uppity, The Willie T. Ribs Story. It's on Netflix. Uh, the the uh, There's no sport more exciting than the racing. This is the next best thing to heaven, says Uppity is an up-close documentary into the life and career of the first African-American driver ever to compete in the Indy 500, uh, Willie T. Ribs. So that's on... That's on Netflix. Uh, Roma, 2019 Oscar winner for Best Cinematography. Uh, it doesn't revolve around cars, but there's a lot of cool classic cars in that, like the 60s Dodge Darts and the Impalas and Ford Galaxy 500s. You've got the VWs, the, the Beatles, nice. the Renaults. So if you're into classic cars, there's one pretty much in every scene. Now, maybe the most underrated, underwatched, underappreciated car movie of all time, and not that people aren't aware of the car or the actor, but I don't know that a lot of people have seen Bullet, starring Steve McQueen. Have you seen Bullet, Jeff? I have not seen Bullet. You've got to see Bullet. Uh, You can find that one on YouTube uh, right now or Fandango's uh, app. Yes. You still there, Jeff? We lost Jeff. Did uh, you got me? I'm yeah, back. we got you. Okay, great. So, Bullet, of course, you know the it, the limited edition Mustang Bullets that they come out with from time to time. Uh, but it's not just a cool car. It's a really good movie with Steve McQueen playing a guy named Frank Bullet, and hence that inspired the car. I believe that's the longest car chase scene in cinematic history, too, correct? You are absolutely correct, yes. Unless you count racing movies. As, ch- as car chases. 
Because technically, cars are chasing each other. Probably depends on the race. But the car chase scene uh, is is the longest, and it's a, the legendary. Everyone has at least probably seen that scene. Uh, Gran Torino would be an important film to watch, and it obviously... Get off my lawn! Get off my lawn now. Uh, this was the last <laughs> good appearance in a movie by Clint Eastwood. Uh, he has really? made 2008 was the last good movie he had <laughs> that he starred in I would think so yeah I, he's made some good movies since then like I really enjoyed uh, uh, Richard Jewell what was the name of uh, Richard Jewlett Jew- Richard Jewell Richard Jewell about the Atlanta Olympic Park bombing he made that movie but he wasn't in it and it was a good movie did you ever see The Mule no I didn't see The Mule was he good in The Mule? He was. I the enjoyed reason, that one thoroughly. Honestly, we talked about it on the movie zone. The reason I didn't see The Mule is I'm done with Clint Eastwood as an actor. But that maybe I missed out on it. But Gran Torino, for obvious reasons, a good car movie to watch. Dazed and Confused, Jeff Miller's favorite movie of all time. <laughs> That's all a good right, movie. All right, all right. I don't know if I call it a car movie. I mean, there's some cool cars in it. That's the whole point. You got the the Pontiacs, GT, the Pontiac GTOs, the 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 Duster. What else is in there? The the Chevy C10? Is that in there? Uh, Senna. I don't know what Senna is. It's the story of Ayrton Senna, the late lamented Formula One legend. The story is told through using primary footage of Senna on the racetrack and at home, starting with his arrival in 1984 on the Formula One scene that he was soon to dominate. It's on Netflix. The Rover, starring Robert Pattinson. Don't know what that one is. It's on Netflix. Yeah, I've never heard of that one. One of my favorite under-the-radar movies. Maybe the best soundtrack of all time, and no one ever talks about it. A movie from 2017 that should have done a lot better at the box office than it did. Baby Driver. Oh, I love that movie. Oh, it's so great. And the opening, in when he's in the WRX, that opening yeah, scene. Yeah, he's got the red WRX in the opening scene. That, the opening scene where he walks through the neighborhood with the coffee, too. Yes. Is one of the, one of the, it's like a Reservoir Dogs type scene. He it's played, like that amazingly put together. Those that aren't aware, he played, it's about a young guy that is a getaway driver for a go-to uh, group of bank robbers. And it's it's filled with high-speed chases set to some pretty interesting musical choices. And the whole idea is that he has a soundtrack for each getaway that he listens to. It's it's a really good movie. And you can catch that one on Amazon Prime right now, Baby Driver. And then That's uh, with John Hamm's in it? John Hamm, yep. Uh and oh, who's the who's the actress in, in Baby Driver? I know that she's in an Imagine, but I can't think of her name off the top oh, of my head. Oh, man, what is what is her name? Anyway, she's really, really good. Uh, uh, Eliza Gonzalez, I think, is who I'm thinking of. Uh, and then the final two, Cannonball Run 2 is on Stars right now. And the interesting thing about that, Jeff, is have you seen the people during quarantine that attempted the Cannonball Run? No. Did someone did? Oh, uh, uh, hundreds of people. Attempted can- yeah, well, there was a new record set. Uh, I can't, was it 36 hours? Anyway, it's highly illegal, obviously. You can't, oh, yeah. you can't do this legally, but uh, let's see. The Cannonball Run record. Well, it's technically not illegal until you start speeding, but you're speeding the whole time, so yeah. <laughs> they made it in 25, 25 hours, 55 minutes from uh, New York to L.A., 
Uh, and the, how they did it was they had like extra tanks of gas in the trunk that they could tap into. It was uh, the insane story of how they broke it in just in June. It's There's a 21-minute documentary about it on YouTube if you want to check it out. But anyway, so Cannonball Run 2. And then the final one, Best Picture nominee, Ford versus Ferrari is available right now. I really like that movie. It was, it's on HBO. It was Christian Bale, uh, Matt Damon. It was really, really good. It is quite long. It's very long. Two and a half hours. Uh, but it's, you know, Carol Shelby and that, and the whole story there. It was really, really, really cool. And the vehicle, the, the, the actual Shelby that was used in the, in the, when it happened, not in the movie. But when this actually took place, uh, the Larry H. Miller family owns that Shelby. And it was cool that when that movie opened, they had it on display at the Megaplex Theater. Pretty cool. So there you go. The best car movies that you can stream right now uh, in your downtime. Coming up next, we'll have our final segment this week on uh, Utah Car Sense. Jeff Miller here from Mark Miller Subaru. Uh, we've got, uh, we're still taking your phone calls, 855-340-ZONE. The best pizza you've ever had. We talked about the DPX, the delivery car for Domino's in the first segment today. But also from USA Today, they've got some tips and, and ideas uh, and key questions on how to buy a car during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm going to run that by Jeff Miller and get his reaction next on Utah Car Sense. Austin Horton, presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Drive a million miles to be with you tonight. Welcome back, final segment this week on Utah Car Sense, presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Jeff Miller with me. I'm Austin Horton. Brian Brown producing for us at 855-340-ZONE. Real quick, before we get to Ann and Lou, who are on hold, uh, correction and retraction. Todd Bainter on Twitter points out that Gone in 60 Seconds actually owns the longest car chase scene in movie history, and it's not even close. Uh, the, the car chase scene in Bullet is 12 minutes long. The car chase scene, Recapalooza, as Google calls it, in uh, Gone in 60 Seconds is 40 minutes long. So I blew that one. That was, that was my um, bad. And we're remiss to not talk about Gone in 60 Seconds because we know what a fan of Nicolas Cage you are, Austin. I love Nicolas Cage movies because <laughs> he's so good at acting. Yeah, he's uh, we, also, we had a caller that sent a message on Facebook saying that he's been trying to get through to the phone number and can't get through, but says the best pizza out there. He didn't mention a place, but it's thin crust beef with cream cheese and onion. Ooh. Thin crust beef? With cream cheese and onion. Don't kill the messenger. I'm just reading the message. Man. Best pizza, thin crust beef with cream cheese and onion. Best movie car chase is Bullet or Blues Brothers. Oh, Blues Brothers is a good nomination, too. All right, let's get out to the phone lines. 855-340-ZONE. Whatever you'd like to talk about, but I would ask for your favorite pizza you've ever had if you join us. 855-340-ZONE. We'll start with Ann on the line. Hi, Ann. Thanks for calling in. Hi, hi. 
Okay, my favorite uh, power play is called Nasty Boy. Or Nasty. N A S T Y. Nasty Boy by Daddy O's on 7th uh, East and between 4th and 5th power. And it has, uh, it has, uh, let's see, four kinds of meat, double cheese, uh, olives, mushrooms, and you can have uh, any of four sauces. Nasty boy. What is the garlic sauce? Nasty boy. I'll check it out. Thank you, Ann. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. Ann being a radio star there. Could hear, there you go. You could hear you, Man. me, and Ann at the same time during that phone call. Thanks for calling in, Ann. 855-340-ZONE. Our friend Lou has called back into the show. Hi, Lou. Oh, Lou, you there? See if we can, uh, let's turn that off there. Brian will figure that out uh, and get Lou. When you call in, please turn your radio off. And listen on the phone. That'll work out a lot better. 855-340-ZONE. Let's uh, go to Mark, who's called in. Hi, Mark. Good morning. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Thanks for calling in. I think Bullet is absolutely the hands-down very best car chase ever. I wish I could see that in, like, one of those 4D theaters with the seats that bounce up and down. Oh, yeah, and the, the D-box. Water spray, that would be ideal. Man, uh, I wonder why they've never done uh, an amusement park ride based around Bullet. Oh, that would be great. Wouldn't it? Totally. Fantastic. Absolutely. Yep, I, I'm with you. And it uh, every time they come out with one of those Bullet editions, I suddenly want to rob a bank for no reason at all. Uh, just to <laughs> be able to buy one. That's- that's good. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. Dynamite. Eight five five three four zero zone. Did you say dynamite? <laughs> I did. Boom goes the dynamite. Lou is back with us. Hi, Lou. Thanks for yes. calling. What was the first pizza place in in Utah or Salt Lake? I have no idea. What was it? Well, I'm old enough to know that. Oh yeah. Okay. You're experienced, <laughs> called, Lou. You're not old. You're experienced. Oh, thank you. Yes. That, that's very nice way to put it. <laughs> it was called the Pizza Oven, the and it was on 9th East and 21st South. Was it good? That's as far as, hey, it's the first one I had. <laughs> it, was, it was the then only I one. Died and went yeah. to heaven. Yeah, uh, when, when there's only one choice, of course it was incredible. <laughs> it was, yeah, there wasn't, no, there wasn't a lot of choices, but... Uh, what they made was fantastic. Then they also decided to open a place in Park City. And what's pretty unique is they opened the place at 1492, which is Christopher Columbus ah. in Park City. And then they tr- started doing their pizza up there. As far as I know, it was the first place. My cousin came back from the Army. He says, you got to try pizza. And we tried it. And we... It was so good, we just kept doing it. But they finally got divorced, and the whole thing fell apart. So. Oh, that's too bad. But it did. But it was unique to call it 1492 Christopher Columbus. Uh, at 1492, a pizza shop opened to you. Uh, I will, In Park City, yeah. forget it. Thank you, Lou. Back in the 60s. Thank you. Have a good day. That uh, uh, Lou was around for the invention of pizza? Is that what I was understanding there? <laughs> In Salt Lake, in Utah, that's pretty impressive. I, I don't know if anything has been invented in my lifetime that matches What's the invention of pizza. What's your favorite Utah pizza? Favorite pizza in Utah. Now, this is 
This is nearly impossible. Uh, like a, the, a, Brian, you mentioned the pie earlier, and their classic cheese pepperoni pizza is phenomenal. I love me, I love me some pie pizza. But I would highly, highly recommend Z Brothers. There's a Z Brothers location on Redwood Road in uh, uh, North, North Salt, Salt Lake, Lake. Yeah. and a place uh, a Z Brothers location up on uh, Pages Lane in Centerville. So it's a it's a Davis County uh, locale, but they are so good, so so good. I would recommend them nine times out of eight uh, to anybody anywhere. So I go with Z Brothers, but the pie. You can, there we we are blessed to have a lot of good pizza places around here. I was just I I googled the pizza oven in Salt Lake City to see if I could find some info on that based on Lou's call, and it brought me to Setabello Pizzeria Napolitana or Napolitana, my bad. Uh, and I've only had Setabello once because I'm not a big fan of the authentic Italian pizza. But if you are a big fan of the authentic Italian pizza, Jeff. You can't beat Cetabello. It, it Cetabello, feel like you're okay. in Rome eating a, a pizza pie. It's right downtown, uh, I think 200 West. Yeah, 2nd South, 200 West. Uh, get I'll in on check that. that one out. 855-340-ZONE if you'd like to be part of the show. 855-340-ZONE. Let's go back out to a second. Oh, okay, we'll go to our friend Bill back on the show. Hey, Bill, good to hear from you. Hey, how you guys doing today? We're doing well. Everything okay in your world, sir? Yeah, yeah, everything's fine. Good. Car chasing, uh, I like the French Connection um, with Gene Hackman. There yeah. was one scene in there that was pretty good. But as far as pizza, I I had always said the best pizza that I ever had came from this little place that was in the little town in upstate New York where the guy was a money launderer for the mob in New York. Uh, but it, it was great pizza. But I had... I flew into Naples, Italy in, uh, in 2000 one night. I got there about midnight, and there was a little tiny restaurant that was open, and I can't remember the name of it now, but the pizza that I got there was incomparable. I've never had anything before or after that was, was better than that. Uh, probably one of the original places, I don't know, but in Naples, Italy, it was awesome. Oh, I, I, I've never been to Italy, but I think that would be a place I'd like to stop by and see is Naples. That would be that'd be a good spot. Uh, and as far as the, the French connection goes, uh, do you know that they did that car chase in New York without the proper permits? They didn't bother to, to get the permits because, well, that's not true. They had tried to get the permits, and the city of New York was dragging their feet for so long that they just went ahead and did it anyway. And they well, got, got away with it. It probably fit right in with the rest of the traffic anyway there, so they probably didn't even think anything of it. Yep, yep for sure. <laughs> Bill, good to hear from you, sir. Yeah, you have a great day. You too. Thank you. It's our friend Will Bill there, uh, Jeff. All right, uh, you, while we wait for more calls, 855-340-ZONE. USA Today says they've got car buying tips amid COVID-19. Six key questions answered on new used cars, trucks, and SUVs. Thought I'd run these your way and get your reaction to them. That's good. They said, uh, uh, looking for a deal on a car in the midst of the pandemic. There are some to be had. When do new cars come out? Uh, clearing out last year's models, question mark. Are dealers trying to sell off 2020 models before 21 cars and trucks arrive? They say not yet. About two months of downtime at most manufacturing plants due to the pandemic. 
means that dealers don't have a surplus of vehicles. We've talked about that on the show today. Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna see as much of a blowout over the next couple of months as you normally do. Right. Uh, because they they usually that would happen though in a in a regular year, right? You would see the deals on the twenty twenties to make room for the twenty ones, right? Yeah, That's, I think I'd argue you probably are looking prices have probably gone up in the last month on new and used cars. Hmm. Used cars, especially the used car market right now, is just nuts. Well, there's just no, there's just nothing out there. You're right. So I mean, people are paying 120 percent of value at auctions, so that means they're selling them for that too. It's crazy. Like you can't buy a car at an auction right now for anywhere near what it should be paid for. Well, it's probably a great time to yeah. turn in your high end trade. Yeah, it's a good. It's not a bad time to turn a trade in right now. Yeah. You've got guys wanting to make deals and wanting to sell cars and you're going to get as much money for your car right now as you're having a long time. Uh, their next question is because of the pandemic, our price is dropping. USA Today says not so much. The average new vehicle sold for 36.3 in June, which was up 3.2% from June last year, according to True Cars website. Yeah, but that's probably because of trucks though. Uh, so There's a lot more trucks being sold right now and that raises those prices because trucks are more expensive vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they do say overall prices were also about the same in June as they were in May. So prices dropping. Not so is what USA today says. Are automakers increasing the discounts? Now, Jeff, we talk about discounts all the time because yeah, it sounds good. It looks good. It's like, Oh, I'm going to get five grand off in incentive cash here. But then that lowers the value of your car at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and discounts right now are up year over year, aren't they? Uh, they are. I think I want to say they're up four or five hundred bucks as far as the per vehicle incentive money. I think they're starting to creep downward though from where yeah. you saw them. Like March, April, everyone threw out huge incentives trying to keep people in the market. Right. And then they're slowly starting to creep back down to normal. That matches what USA Today says here as well. They're up year over year, but down compared with earlier in the pandemic as dealers were looking to preserve profits. Uh, where are new car deals popping up, they, they ask. Some automakers are raising new car incentives more than others. Honda, which typically does not have great incentives, increased discounts by 44% in June compared with a year earlier. Volkswagen... Uh, went up by 27%, and uh, Mercedes-Benz increased by 25%. But some wow. automakers have taken their feet off the gas pedal. For example, Hyundai's discounts have fallen by 10%. What What is the thinking behind uh, those we mentioned, Volkswagen, uh, Daimler, and uh, VW, raising A lot of it's inventory-driven. If their factories didn't shut down, they've got inventory, then they're going to keep incentivizing to push those cars. If you don't have inventory, there's no reason to incentivize them. Well, and so then that becomes the question I have for you is you said you drove through Honda and it seemed that their stock was low. Why are they increasing their discounts? Well, they probably increased them, which caused the stock to go low, and then they'll make adjustments for July. Oh, I see. I see. So they had an over-adjustment maybe on their Yeah, discounts. so sometimes you overdo it. Like, you get scared and you want to kill the market, and you – I mean, no manufacturer wants to drop themselves down to 10 or 15 days supplies. They're it's not good for them. It's not good for the retailer. It's not good for anybody. So right. – the retail, there's a fine line of making incentives too good that they oversell what they can make. Their final two questions are, what about used cars, which we already touched on. Uh, there's, it's hard to find a used car right now, and so the, the prices are higher on used cars. And their final question is, can you get a good deal on a loan right now? 
my gut reaction to that, Jeff, would be yes, but I want to ask you, the expert, is now a great time to get a loan? Oh, yeah. I mean, right now, I mean, there's more 0% deals. The last time you saw this many 0% deals was 2008. And you I mean, can't they, beat zero percent. But the reason is that interest rates, because because the Fed dropped the rates so much, interest rates are so cheap that it, it's not expensive for a manufacturer to do a zero percent loan. Right. The standard loan out there is in the three percent range, three and a half percent range. Now, you guys recently, last year or the year prior, you got out of the interest rate game, so to speak. It's it's ethical. It's it's business. That you, when you go into a, a dealership or a store, they will put in a little markup in that interest rate. But you guys yeah, went away from a, that. Yeah, this is something I want to actually I'll talk about because there's something that's starting to pop up with a couple of banks out there okay. that customers need to be worried about when they go and talk to a finance manager. So what, so what banks traditionally have done is they give what's called a buy rate to our dealership or store. So we get a buy rate, say the buy rate's 5%. So that's what... And then the dealership has the opportunity to mark that rate up upwards of two to two and a half percent. So I, so the finance manager could say, okay, your rate's seven percent, and then the dealer takes a profit on the difference between the five to seven percent. So we've moved about five six months ago that we don't mark up rates. So whatever the buy rate is, is what you buy the car for. But here's the thing that they need to be careful with: is what banks are starting to do now is they're starting to offer a buy rate to a dealership. So say they offer that same 5% buy rate to a dealership. And at that buy rate, they're going to pay a flat to the dealership of 3%, which is a high flat. So on a $20,000 loan, they're going to pay $600 to the dealership. Okay? Mm -hmm. But what they do is they say, you can lower the buy rate by 1% and take a 1% flat, which is a standard flat. I got a $20,000 loan, a standard deal is we should get 200 bucks. Uh, if we sell a buy rate. So basically what they're doing is they're reversing the markup. Does that make sense? Right. So essentially your real buy rate is 4%, but they're telling the dealer the buy rate's 5%, so the dealer or an unscrupulous finance manager can say to the customer, oh, the rate the bank came back at you is 5%. Hmm. Which is really unethical in my mind. Yeah, Because essentially the real buy rate on that customer is 4%. But the 5% gets the dealer a higher flat, which is the equivalent of just marking up the rate the way it was before. So I guess it's legal, but unethical. It's completely yeah. legal. It's just yeah. the banks providing a way for the dealer to hide the, hide the true rate. There was a bank that came at us and said, we're trying to get us to sign up with them. And I looked at their program and this is what it looked like. And I told them, no. Hmm. I said, just stay away from us. We don't want to be a part of that. Because it's just, it's, it just provides a, it's a provide an opportunity for a dealership to take advantage of someone. Whether they all will, I'd probably not, but you're giving that dealer that opportunity to do it easily. And I don't like that. Yeah. So legal on the books, but not. So I would I want be wary with. of a dealership telling you that they're, that they're writing your loan at a buy rate. So if they say we're writing you this loan at a buy rate, you might want to raise some eyebrows and ask some questions. Yeah, say, is there anything you can do to lower that rate? I mean, they might not tell you. They might tell you something different. But most of the times, you can, if you go into a dealership, understand the idea of what rate you should be paying. Hmm. At least do some research out there. Go to the bank websites. Go to the auto lender websites and get an idea of, based off your credit score, where your rate should be. Is that something that 
if if someone has found a car that they've fallen in love with and they want to buy it and it's not at your store, is that something they could still come in and talk to one of your guys or gals about and, and get their advice on that rate if they're yeah, lost I mean, our, in that? Our guys will talk to if you talk and ask any of our finance managers, most of them will tell you a basic idea of where you should be on an interest rate. Mm. I mean, the easiest thing in, in this market is that there's so many credit unions. Right. And the credit unions are not shy with posting their rates. Yes. <laughs> That's their whole so, idea. I mean, it's pretty to easy to go bank. to say like AmericaFirst.com and say, let's figure out what my rate's going to be today. Like right now, I can go on America First website right now, a five-year loan, so a 60-month loan at America First on an auto loan is 3.24%. Boom, right there. And that's a seven based on a 700 credit score. So that gives you an idea. If you're, if you got good credit, a five-year loan should be about three and a quarter, a six-year loan's three, five, and a seven-year loan, don't do it. <laughs> is that there on the official website that it says don't yes. do it? <laughs> don't, no, it should. It should say no. <laughs> and then an eight-year loan, which is also on America First website, please, please don't do it. <laughs> Ever. Uh. Unless, or is there no unless? No, there's no unless. You <laughs> never do an eight-year loan on a car, ever. <laughs> okay. There's no instance in your life you should ever put a car loan for eight years. So go with the uh, the five-year, <laughs> go with the, the six-year, stay away from the seven, and never even think about the eight. That'll be it. Five-year, yes. Six-year, maybe. Seven-year, no. Eight-year, please, God, no. <laughs> Thou shalt not, according yeah. to <laughs> Jeff. And the rate goes up to six. Oh, geez. That's not worth it. Well, they put you on an eight-year loan. On, <laughs> you will never terrible. you will never get anything out of that. Uh, that's not an investment. That's a, that's a garbage disposal for your money. It's sad that these banks even are offering it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, we got a few minutes left, but I want to make sure we fit in uh, another call. 855 855- 340 Zone. Howard has called into the show. Hi, Howard. Hi, how are you? We're fine. Thanks for calling in. Uh, we have a couple of Subaru Legacies, which we love. A new one, but we've heard criticisms about two points, and I'm wondering if you could comment. Oh, Howard! Call us back. That wasn't us. We didn't do that on purpose. No, we heard the. we could hear the, the drop there, so that's our saving yeah, grace that. on that I one. I don't know what his issues are on the license. We've heard, we haven't had that many issues really there. I mean, little stuff on recalls and things like that, but uh, I don't know what he's going to talk about. I know at least one question was about the infotainment center. Oh, sounds like he might be calling back. So prep yourself on the, the infotainment question there, Jeff, while we wait to get Howard back on. But I, I, like you, I've heard a lot of great things about the, the legacy, and I, man, I wish I could find a way to get me into you know, the biggest issue you've heard on the 2020 infotainment system that it does too much does too much howard is back on the line howard we understand one of your concerns was about the infotainment center explain that and then give us the the second one that you had okay uh, now i haven't driven the new one yet we're considering it but i've read the critics saying that it's uh, requires multiple steps to perform common tasks it's just too complicated i'm wondering if they might address a correction on that on the 2021s the other one is the criticism about their unrefined abrupt intrusive stop start system again i haven't experienced that but those were the two concerns that that we had as we're considering a new one okay so i mean from the infotainment system most of the issues that we find with people having to have multiple steps of doing that is user error 
Okay. Is not, and that's probably part of why we have our concierge service and our them to train people on it, on how to use it properly. Because once okay. it's used properly, that infotainment system is as good of a system as Subaru's ever made. So it's a matter of the the user getting a little more familiar with it. Yeah, getting more familiar and knowing how to use it properly is okay. the issue. There's 95% of the issues we found with that. Which is a great thing you guys do at Mark Miller Subaru. Is you yeah, because on that legacy, it's the same as the Outback. It's that 11-inch screen. It looks like a iPod Pro big one right in the front. Okay. It controls everything. Good. Well, that's good to know. I appreciate that. And now how about the stop-start system? So the stop-start system, you're starting to see on just about every manufacturer putting that in just from a gas, right. from saving gas. And there are certain people that don't like the turn on, turn off thing, but once you drive that car for a week, you won't even notice it. Okay. Well, see, that's what I need to do. I've just been reading the periodicals, so I guess I need to get one and drive it and just experience it. Yeah, do you know what wouldn't hurt, too, is we have a rental car to, out of our Midtown location. If you want to drive our car for a week, okay. if you come in and rent a car, we'll put that money towards the purchase of the vehicle after you rent it. Oh, wow. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Well, so you can drive, just drive one of those 2020 Legacies for a week and then see if you like it, and then we can find you one to buy. Thanks, Howard. Good questions. Sounds like a good idea. Jeff, it's fun to have you back. Appreciate it, man. Glad yeah, you're well. good show. It's good to be back and facing this fun summer. <laughs> we'll get through Hot it. Summer at home. We'll make it. We'll get there. We just got to band together a little tighter, a little closer, and kumbaya it up a bit. I'm Everyone. just happy that golf courses are a good place to socially distance. Brian and I were talking about how relieving it is to go smash some balls at the driving range. It's a great place to socially distance out on a golf course. I write COVID on my golf balls and then just hit it as hard as I can. And played last night and go play tomorrow. Well, good luck. Hit them straight. Have a good weekend. That's Jeff Miller for Mark Miller Subaru. I'm Austin Horton for Brian Brown. That's Utah Carsons. We'll see you next week here on the Zone Sports Network.